listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will put people into your path. He'll give you the Word of God. He'll put people into your path that are full of wisdom for just the right moment at the right time in your life. And if no one's there, hear me, if no one's there, you can begin to pray, Holy Spirit, I need divine wisdom right now and, and how to handle this. And, how, and do you know if you're willing to ask, the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest that gift of wisdom through you. A couple of weeks ago, uh, back at the first of the year, we actually did a series on the life of Christ. And uh, we finished that up just right after Thanksgiving, uh, not Thanksgiving, good gracious, uh, Easter. We finished that up after Easter and went into where uh, uh, shortly Jesus ascended back to the Father. And, uh, and Jesus told his disciples, he said, now I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to wait there until you receive the gift of the Father. And while Jesus was on the earth talking to his disciples and teaching them and pouring into them, he said, I am going back to the Father and I'm going to send him, I'm going to pray to my Father that he will send you the comforter, the advocate. Uh, you could go on, the guide, the teacher, and all. You could give many, many names about who the Holy Spirit is. And he, he said, I'm going to send him, uh, have the Father send you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and so the last couple of weeks, we have talked about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so what I want you to do is, I, I kind of want to introduce you. You, know, you. We hear a lot about Jesus, and listen, Jesus is important. He is so, you can't be saved without Jesus. You can't go to heaven apart from Jesus. You can't be forgiven without Jesus. And, 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 and so Jesus, I'm not trying to minimize Jesus at all. He is essential. He is essential. But I also believe that the Holy Spirit is essential for you and I as believers. And a lot of times we don't hear much about the Holy Spirit, so it is my hope and prayer that during these next few weeks I can share with you about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit so that you become acutely aware of Him working in your life. Now, if you've accepted Christ, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit within you. In fact, you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. So if you accepted Christ in you, you have the presence, you have the power, you have the person of the Holy Spirit within you. But a lot of times we are not aware of His presence. And it is my prayer that we can become acutely aware of the presence of God or the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so perhaps... You may have never been taught about the person of the Holy Spirit. It is my desire to clarify not only the importance of the Holy Spirit to you and I, but the purpose for God sending His Holy Spirit. We asked the question, who is the Holy Spirit? A couple of weeks ago. 
And we discovered that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was before creation and in creation. In fact, he was present in creation giving life. You find him in verse 2 of chapter 1 of Genesis. And the Spirit of God was hovering. The Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth. And so you find the presence of the Holy Spirit in creation. And and Jesus told us, I said, to, to wait for the Holy Spirit. Because he knew, apart from the Holy Spirit, that we would not be able to fulfill our purpose in life. You see, the Father gives us the Holy Spirit... So you and I can become more like Jesus. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you and I are powerless to be like him. And we also discovered that God gives us the Holy Spirit so he can be near to us and we can be near to him. He is our teacher. He is our guide. And so how, we we need to ask the question, how do I see the Holy Spirit? Do you see him as infinite majesty? Do you see him as glorious in wisdom? Do you see him as knowledgeable and holy? Do you see him as a person and not an it? Because he is not an it. He is the person, the third person of the Godhead. Someone who sees God's spirit as just an influence, as I said, or supreme power, will constantly say, I want more of the Holy Spirit. You've got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. Amen? You've got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. The question we need to say is, how can I give myself to more of Him? How can I give myself? And we talked about that last week about being surrendered. How that the Holy Spirit is not possessive. He is not controlling. The only time the Spirit controls is when you submit. Is when you surrender. That's the characteristic of God. God never controls you. He never possesses you unless you surrender. The more of yourself that you surrender to God, the more of himself that he will control. He will not control what you do not want him to control. He will only control what you surrender to him. And so we talked about last week about surrendering our life and how that good information and good wisdom are not just enough to guarantee good decisions. Making good choices begins with submission, the dreaded word of submission. Well, this morning, I want us to dive into a little bit further. And so I'd like for you to turn into your Bible to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And I want us to look at the Holy Spirit for just a moment and look at what is called spiritual gifts manifested through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read. It's going to be on the board if you want to, if you can read it. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and I love the church at Corinth. Because if you want to know the truth, the church at Corinth is much like the church at St. Mary's. 
Now, I don't mean that in a bad way, okay? I don't mean that in a derogatory way or a bad way. But there was a lot of diversity in Corinth. There was a lot of culture in Corinth. There was a lot of uh, uh, things going on in, in that surrounding town of Corinth. And, and, and you and I are, whether we realize it or not, we live in a culture that, that is, un, how do I say it? We live in a culture that is a, um, kind of pushes God to the side doesn't believe in God, doesn't respond to God, and doesn't live for God. We live in a culture. And so we live in that culture today of a, a world that just doesn't want much to do with God. And so Corinth, the church at Corinth was a new church that had just given their, they have just given their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. They were following Jesus, but there were so many questions So many misunderstandings that Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth trying to uh, uh, give them clarity and understanding about who Jesus was, what Jesus was all about, and who the Holy Spirit was, and what the Holy Spirit is all about. Because, man, they would go to church and they'd just kind of have a knockdown dragout service. Now, I'm not talking about knockout fighting service. I'm not talking about that. But they would go to church and, and, and one would say, well, I believe in Jesus. And another would say, well, I, I, I follow Paul. And another one would say, well, I follow Peter. And, and, and Paul would say, well, well, wait a minute. Now, none of us died for you. Only Jesus died for you. Why are you following me? Why are you following Peter? Why are you divided among leadership? Jesus is the supreme rule. And, and so he began to talk about all this stuff. So now, in chapter 12, he begins to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because they did not understand who the Holy Spirit was and what he was all about. And so he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, that means unbelievers... You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. You worshiped other things rather than God. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, get that. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Then he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's not many spirits, there is one Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service or administrations, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them. Now get this, the same God works all of them in all men. Can you say that with me? In all men. That's inclusive. That's not exclusive. That's inclusive. That the Spirit of God, that the Lord God, the same God works all of them in all men. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have, hear me, you have the person in you that wants to work all the gifts at any given moment in your life. 
Now, you, we need to understand something. I've heard people say, well, I have the gift of healing. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, if I had the gift of healing, I'd go down to the hospital and I'd raise everyone up and send them home. I would. I would. I, would. I mean, I would do it. I, I, tell, I, I tell everybody, you bring your sick here, I will heal them. I do not have the gift of healing. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit has the gift of healing. Now, he may choose to manifest that through me at at any given point in my life as he so chooses. But I've heard people say, well, I have the gift of healing, or I have the, the gift of tongues, or I have the gift of whatever. No, the Holy Spirit operates the gifts through you as he chooses at any given moment that you allow him. Okay, this is important. This is going to be a teaching message this morning, a teaching message. So he tells us. Now he he begins to give us a description of some of the gifts, and then we'll come back. He says, now to each one, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now you got to get this. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The gift of the Spirit is not given to make me look good. The gift of the Spirit is not given, when a gift is operated through me, it is not operated through me or through you or through anyone else so you can look good. So you can be holier than thou. So you can be more spiritual than someone else. The only reason the Spirit manifests himself through you is for the good of all of us. No, this is good. You're quiet. To one... There is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now notice this last verse, 11. All these... All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one. Each one is you. He gives them to each one just as he determines. Not as you determine, just as he determines. Now, oh, help me. The purpose... The purpose of a spiritual gift is to glorify Jesus. There's two reasons for a spiritual gift. To glorify Jesus and to help people. That's it. To glorify Jesus and to help people. The Holy Spirit at work through us will always glorify Jesus and help people. 
In fact, if you turn to Acts, the second chapter, and Acts, the second chapter, when the, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost, they were all in the upper room. They were one place and one mind and one accord, as the, Spirit, as the Word says. But in Acts, the second chapter, the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon the apostles or the disciples in Jerusalem. They had been there for days. They had been praying and fasting. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. There was 120. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I don't panic and don't be afraid. I want us to understand something. Why did the Holy Spirit... On the day of Pentecost, when there are multitudes and multitudes and multitudes of people and from all over the world in Jerusalem. And on this particular day, the Bible says they were in the upper room where they were praying. They were all in one mind, one accord. They were praying. They were worshiping God. And all of a sudden, there was a violent wind that filled the place. And it seemed like fire set and separated on each of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues. Now, I just have to be honest. I've been in Pentecost church all my life, and I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I have yet to see fire fall from heaven and rest on anyone. Maybe you've seen it, but I have not seen that yet. Now, I'm not saying God can't do it, and I'm not saying God won't do it. But I haven't seen it. And I'm getting old. I just haven't seen it. But why did God, in fact, from this day forward, we never find where it's done again like that. We never see in Scripture where the Holy Ghost came and fell upon them and it appeared like fire from heaven that separated and set on them. We don't see it again. So why did God choose to send the gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when there are thousands and thousands of people from around the world in Jerusalem? Now, I don't know about you, but I guarantee you, if fire fell from heaven, it would get my attention. I'm just saying, you let fire fall from heaven today, it would get my attention. I mean, when Moses inquired of God, God spoke through a burning bush. Fire gets my attention. In fact, yesterday or one day, I can't remember what it was, I looked out and I had wheel and paint. And I said, look out there. Man, there was a fire going. I mean, it was, I don't know what was on fire. And, uh, and, and 
Peyton said, well, they're probably just burning trash. I said, no, they're not burning trash. <laughs> that ain't no trash fire. They, they're not, they're, they're, they're not they, they got something big on fire somewhere. It catches your attention. Now, I want to note this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus and to help people. And so on the day of Pentecost, the fire comes down. It manifests. He manifests himself through the fire, and they began to speak in other tongues. Now, the phrase other tongues means other languages, okay? This don't, this, it's, there's a difference between the prayer language and speaking in tongues here. It is that other languages that they were not familiar with, that they did not know. And notice, if you'll notice down in verse, I believe it is in heaven, uh, 11, it says, uh, let's go to verse 8. Then how is it that each of us, how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Perithians, Medes, and Emilites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, on and on and on. And then he says, we hear them. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, in our own language. It was here on the day of Pentecost that they heard the disciples begin to declare the wonders of God in their own language. Seeing what they saw and hearing what they heard made a, a, a path, a gateway. It opened up, it opened up those in Jerusalem, it opened them up uh, uh, to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you find next that Peter steps up, Peter steps up and he says, hey, let me tell you what's going on here. This is simply the fulfilling of what God spoke to Joel the prophet. That in the latter days, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. And all of a sudden, they're open. That the manifestations they're seeing, what they're hearing, the wonders of God, all of a sudden they are open to the message of the gospel. Peter steps forward and he begins to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And at the conclusion of that short message, 3,000 people accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Oh, I'm telling you. You see, the manifestations was so that they would be open to hear the gospel message, to glorify Jesus, and to seek the need for help in their lives. The manifestations on that day, because of the manifestations on that day, the heart of the people became open. Now, this is powerful. Do you know that God wants to use you to share the gospel? God has a purpose for you to share the gospel where you're at. Whether it's in your workplace or your home or out in the street or wherever you may be. God wants to use you. And there are times that God will manifest the gift through you. Through you. So you can all of a sudden help someone else. And as God begins to manifest that gift through you. It opens up the heart of the individual to hear the message. Of Jesus Christ. 
Now, let's apply this. The first one that Paul mentions here is wisdom. We're going to look at just three of them if we have time. Three of them right quick. Wisdom. The Holy Spirit, now the gift of wisdom, the gift of wisdom is the Holy Spirit at work through us to hear and speak wise counsel. If there's ever a time that you and I need wise counsel, wisdom, it's today. I mean, there are decisions after decisions after decisions that you are having to make in life. And if there was ever a time, I mean, how many of you today would say, I've got enough wisdom to make every decision in my life? If you said that, I'd say you're a deity. I don't know of anyone that has all the knowledge and all the wisdom in the world to make good decisions apart from the wisdom of God. And there's times in my life I need, I need the wise counsel of God. What are you speaking? What are you saying to me? As Roger Joe would say, what is it, Roger Joe? What is God trying to say to you? And I love it when he uses that Caribbean voice. What is God trying to say to you, brother? Something happens in your life. You're at a crossroads. You need to make a decision. Something happens on the job. Something happens in the family. Something happens in your career. And all of a sudden, at that moment, at that crossroad, at that moment in your life, you need wise counsel. You don't have the wisdom to know what's down the road. You don't have the knowledge to know everything in the future. You don't know what, what kind of decision you're going to make. The right decision. It could be a pivotal point in your life. When you need God, I need wise counsel. I need wise counsel from you. I need to hear what you're speaking. What are you trying to show me in this moment? And the amazing thing about wisdom is the Bible says that if you like wisdom, let him ask of God. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. How does God give wisdom? He gives you wisdom through the Holy Spirit. Now, it may come in different forms. God, the Holy Spirit, may connect you with someone who is wise and has good counsel in that area. I, I, I've shared this story so many times, I feel like it's redundant, but I, I can't get past the story of what happened to me uh, uh, almost 20 years ago. Here, I'm here in St. Mary's, Georgia. I am, let's see, I'm 60, uh, I'm about 42 years old. Wow, I was young. I'm 42 years old, and, 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 and you know, and I thought I was pretty good. I thought I was pretty good with, with finances, but I was dumb. Because, man, I spent just about everything I made. Well, we made it all right, paycheck to paycheck. Now, I don't know about you, but I lived from paycheck to paycheck for probably 20-something years. And when something tears up and breaks down, the paycheck just doesn't, just, yeah, thank you, it just doesn't cover it. Now, my mom and dad said, you, you need to save some money, you need to save some money. But when you're a teenager, you don't think about that. You don't think about saving money. Oh, man, I, I get paid next week. 
I'll get paid next week and, you know, I can do whatever I want to do. I can pay for it. I handle it. But now that I'm married and have children and have responsibilities, real responsibilities, life happens. Life happens. All of a sudden, my kids get sick and, man, it's $75 a whap every time you go to the doctor. And that's if you don't get no medicine. That's if you get no medicine. And that's if you have insurance. And this young lady comes into my home one night. Says, Randy, I want to share a plan with you. Sure, share this plan with me. And she put me on a track, a path, where I could begin to develop a life of financial freedom. I'm just telling you. Now, you see, God, you can say what you want, but God sent her into my life, mine and Kim's life, and placed her right there because she knew things I didn't know about. God knew about them. And so God gave her the knowledge and the wisdom, and God put her in my path to relay that to me. Now, see, this is important. Young people, let me tell you, young people, young married people, it's okay to seek wise counsel from those that have been down the path before you. There is nothing wrong with asking questions. How did you do that? And I'm going to tell you, that person that came to my life was Jennifer, Jennifer Cox. Jennifer Cox. And I thank God for her every day. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that to pat her on the back. But I, 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 I say pat her on the back. I would do pat her on the back. But I'm saying... Listen, listen to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will put people into your path. He'll give you the Word of God. He'll put people into your path that are full of wisdom for just the right moment at the right time in your life. And if no one's there, hear me, if no one's there, you can begin to pray, Holy Spirit, I need divine wisdom right now and, and how to handle this. And, how, and do you know if you're willing to ask, the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest that gift of wisdom through you. Important. Second of all, there's the gift of knowledge. The gift of knowledge. What is the gift of knowledge? The Holy Spirit at work through us to know what is true. Now get this. This is so important. We find in John the 16th chapter, verse 13, and when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, and when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll let you know what is true. Now, we see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus was human. He was 100% man. Yes, he was God in the flesh, but even though he was God in the flesh, he lived and operated as a man. He didn't do anything, hear me, he did not do anything except what the Father and the Holy Spirit told him to do. Now, have you ever heard people say, well, he, he or she read my mail? Have you ever, ever seen that? I don't like it when people read my mail. I'll just be honest, sometimes I'm like, well, how'd you know? How'd you know? 
Well, in John the fourth chapter, there's a story of Jesus. He was exhausted. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He, I mean, he was tired. And he's at this well in Samaria. And he sends his disciples, go get something to eat. He sends them into town. And here Jesus is sitting beside this well. He's sitting beside the well. And then there was this woman that comes up to the well. A Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans don't talk. But Jesus looks at the woman and says, would you give me something to drink? And the woman's thinking, you're a Jew. Why are you asking me to drink? Nevertheless, she gives him something to drink. And Jesus uses this moment for a teaching moment. If you knew who I was, you would have asked me for something to drink. And I would have given you water that you would have never thirst again. And of course, all of a sudden, uh, this woman is excited because she's making daily trips to the well. And you're going to give me water? Well, I'll never thirst again. I want some of this water. And Jesus looks at her and says, go get your husband. Go get your husband. And she says... I don't have a husband. And he responds and says, what you said uh, is true. Because you've had five husbands, and the man that you're with is not your husband. You're just living with a man. Now, I, I'm just thinking, that, you, know, you think, well, why in the world did God say that? I mean, why? Now, listen, you, you see, Jesus operated as a man. Jesus did not know that she had five husbands and was living with a man, except that the Holy Spirit that was in him, the Holy Spirit that was within him, began to show him truth, began to show him what was true about her. You are right. You are right. You've had five husbands, and the one you're with now, he's not your husband. You're just living with him. And at that, she became open. How in the world does he know that about me? I didn't tell him that. Listen, the Holy Spirit is within you. And there's times in your life you need to know the truth about something. Parents, hmm. You need to know the Holy Spirit within you knows all things. Everything. Now, you, I, I, I've raised two teenagers. And I don't know what it is about teenagers. I'm sure I did the same thing. But there are moments in your life as a teenager that you know something's wrong. Your parents know something wrong. But they don't know what it is. And so they say... Uh, uh, what's, what's going on in your life? And your response and my response as a teenager is, I won't talk about it. Have you ever said that? You may have said it to your husband. I won't talk about it. I'm guilty, Kim. <laughs> I won't talk about it. I'm all right. And you know good and well they're not all right. 
at the very moment, listen, Jesus wants you to be able to know the truth so you can help your child. So you can encourage them, guide them, and help them through a rough time in their life. God wants you to know the truth. The Spirit of God is within you. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will begin to reveal a word of knowledge. Truth that is known but not known to you. You see, there was something that was true about this woman that Jesus Christ needed to know. And the Holy Spirit within him began to reveal the truth about this woman. And Jesus said, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right. You've been married five times, and the man that you're living with is not your husband. And all of a sudden, it perked her up where she became open to hear the message of Jesus. God help us to understand what a gift of knowledge is. And, and listen, I don't have a gift of knowledge. The Holy Spirit has the gift of knowledge. He may choose to manifest that through me, but when he manifests it through me, it's always to glorify God and to help people. If God gives me your mail to read, hear me. If God gives me your mail to read, it is not so I can talk about it. It is not so I can discuss it with someone else. It is not so I can spread whatever's going on in your life throughout the community. If God gives me mail to read, it is so that Jesus can be glorified in your life and God has sent me to help you. And that's it. And it better stop right there. Anything past that has nothing to do with the Spirit. It has everything to do with the evil flesh. Boy, did you know what God showed me? Did you, did you, did you know what God showed me about her? Did you know what God showed me about him? Listen, mm, if God gives you a word of knowledge, it is only so you can help the person that God gave you the word of knowledge about. You know, you know I'm speaking the truth in love. <laughs> it's the truth, a word of knowledge. And last, we'll cover this one more, then we'll quit. Faith. The Holy Spirit at work through us to be full of faith. Hear me. Full of faith in any situation. In Hebrews 11 and 1, we have and the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, our faith rests on settled issues. I'm sure and I'm certain. I'm sure and I'm certain. My faith, my faith rests on the assurance. I'm sure that Jesus died on the cross for me. I'm sure, I'm certain that he was resurrected on the third day. I'm sure that what Jesus did on the cross was to forgive me of my sin. My faith rests sure on the fact of who Jesus was, what he did, and what he's doing in my life. Listen, the greatest, the greatest moment in your life, 
The greatest moment in your life, the greatest moment of faith in your life is when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You got to get that. You got to let that sink in. You see, there are four levels of faith. In Scripture, you'll find there was no faith. Because there was no faith, Jesus could not do miracles. And then there's a level of faith where there's little faith. Now, I'm going to have to be honest. There are times in my life when I have no faith. You're a pastor. You're supposed to have all kinds of faith. No. I just don't know. I'm not sure God's going to do anything right there. There's times in my life I have little faith. But there's moments in my life I have great faith. I mean, you, you look at the centurion. I believe it was the centurion servant or soldier. Jesus said, I've never seen great faith in all of Jerusalem. I've never seen great faith in all of Israel. Because the centurion soldier said, listen, you don't have to go home. All you got to do is speak the word. And Jesus said, he has great faith. And then there's the fourth level where you're full of faith. This is where the spirit is. The measure of our faith, the measure of our faith isn't seen by the number of prayers we get answered, but about, but about the amount of our life we are willing to surrender. I want to, that's a quote from Brady Boyd, I believe his name is. The measure of our faith isn't seen by the number of prayers we get answered, but by the amount of our life we are willing to surrender. When a person is full of faith, they have that area of their life fully surrendered to God. Fully surrendered. One prays differently when one is surrendered. Faith is the absolute assurance of God. Faith in the New Testament is always used to talk about faith. Faith in God, not just faith for an outcome. Let me give you an example. In Daniel, the third chapter, there's a story of three Hebrew children. Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Nebuchadnezzar makes this huge golden idol. And there's a decree made out through all the land that every... Now, this is in Babylonian captivity. There's a decree made out throughout the land that every time you hear the music, every time you hear the music, you are to fall down before this idol and worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew the decree had been written. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, every time they heard the music, they would not fall on their knees and worship the image. Nebuchadnezzar got ear of it. Now, you got to understand, they're on Nebuchadnezzar's team. They're on his staff. They are governors over his, some of the provinces. They are his leaders. And as, a, as the king, they are not submitting to the surrendering to the lordship of their commander, of their king. And so he brings them here. I hear 
I hear that when you hear the music, you're not following my command. You're not following my decree. But I tell you what, I like you guys. You're in leadership. I appreciate what you're doing. So I'm going to give you another opportunity. If you will just, when you hear the music, if you will fall and worship the golden image, everything will be forgotten. You can go on and keep living your life just as you have been living it. But I want you to notice the words of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the third chapter. And verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue you, rescue us from your hand, O king. But notice what they then it stop there. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. It was at this moment they had faith in God. They didn't have faith in the outcome because they didn't know the outcome. In fact, they even replied, we, we believe that our God will save us. We believe that he will deliver us from the fire and he will deliver us from you. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow to you. You see, their faith wasn't in an outcome. Their faith was in God himself. When the Holy Spirit rises up, there's a lot of times in your life you don't know the outcome. You don't know what's going to happen. You're sick. You're afflicted. You're diseased. The finances have dropped. Everything's falling apart. And you don't know the outcome. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will move and rise within you. And he'll cause you to be full of faith. And even though you don't know the outcome, I still know that God is good. I know that God is powerful. I know that God is real. I know that God is my salvation. And no matter what the outcome is, I have full assurance in God himself. That's real faith. And that's the faith that rises up within you. It's not faith in an outcome. It's faith in a person. Daniel, I mean, the Shadrach... Meshach and Abednego had faith in God. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it was around the 7th chapter, he said, have faith in God. He didn't say have faith in the outcome. He said have faith in God. I'm telling you today, God is good. God is faithful. God is great. I don't know my future as far as physical or material or any of those things. I realize, I, I, I realize that I could, I, could, I could die tomorrow. It could be today. But I have faith in God. Full faith that no matter what happens, God, you are good. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I... Trust him. 
God wants you to live your life full of faith. And there's moments in your life you're going to have no faith. You may have little faith. You may have great faith. But there's going to be moments in your life where the Holy Spirit, when you don't know the outcome and you don't know what's coming down the pike, you don't know what's, what's coming about, you have no clue. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will rise up within you and he'll begin to use the gift of faith within you. Oh, hallelujah. And you have such a faith in God, not in the outcome, but in God, that you declare, God, you are good. I think of Stephen being stoned to death. Stephen didn't know what the outcome was. And if you want to know the truth, Stephen died. He died. He was stoned to death. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit at the moment, at a crisis moment in his life, at a crisis moment when, when they were stoning him to death and he was being beaten with stones, at a crisis moment, the Holy Spirit began to manifest the, uh, the gift of faith in him. And because of the gift of faith that began to be manifested in him, he looked up and he said, Behold, I see the Son of God standing at the right hand, uh, uh, the Son of Man, or the Son of God standing at the right hand of God. It was all of a sudden he was sure. He was certain. He knew without any reservation, knew without any fact who his God was, even though he didn't know the outcome. And he was able to manage or handle the crisis moment that brought death to his life because he was full of faith. There are times in your life you need that gift manifested in you to help you maybe to help others. And so God says, listen, I'm going to send you, or Jesus said, I'm going to send you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is always to glorify me. Is always to glorify me. And not only to glorify me, but it is to help you, to help people. And there's something unique in closing, if you'll come, Kim. There's something unique in closing, um, unique in the scripture and I want you to hear this carefully you have the spirit within you and there's times he will manifest a gift through you I remember several years ago there was a young lady that was in the altar praying and praying and praying and she, she, was, she was crying out her eyes before the Lord and the Lord spoke to me. I'm, I'm going to tell you, the Lord spoke to me one time, and, and this has only happened twice in my life on this kind of scale. But the Lord spoke to me, and he says, you go down there, and you tell her this. And I'm going to tell you, it scared me to death. It scared me to death. God gave me a word of knowledge. And I'm over here praying, and I said, mm, God, mm, 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 mm. You think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I'm thinking, God, I'm not fixing to tell that woman that. Because if I tell her that and it doesn't come true, I have dashed, killed her hopes. But the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let me let it go. He just wouldn't let me let it go. And I kept thinking, God, no, 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 no. You know, and listen. The word of knowledge wasn't for the church. 
It wasn't for anyone sitting back here. It was for that lady that was kneeling up here in the corner. So I made my way up front. And I knelt beside her. And I said, I feel like God wants me to give you a word. Now, and I told her, I said, now I'm man, I'm flesh. And I may be way out in left field. But I'm going to give you the word, and I want you to discern whether it be from God or not. She's perked up, and she's listening. And I said, the Lord wants me to tell you that you're going to have a baby. Now, you better not give nobody a word like that unless it's from God. Because all of a sudden... I mean, she, I mean, she just goes to cry. She probably didn't sound like that, but anyway. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, let this come pass. Because you know what she was praying for? That her and her husband have a child. God gave me a word. And God wanted her to be encouraged. God wanted her to be encouraged that I've heard your prayer and I'm going to do the work. It was shortly after that she could become pregnant. And she's got a beautiful daughter today. Both of them got a beautiful daughter today. Now, I say that story because the word that was given was not given for the church. It was given for her. Now, what if it was about me? I said, well, I want you to come up front. I've got a word from the Lord for you. I want you to know that God has just spoke to me and said that, oh, God, that you are getting ready to have a child. You see where the emphasis is? It's not on Jesus. It's not on her. It's on me. God doesn't work like that. Everything Jesus, the Holy Spirit does, glorifies Jesus. If it glorifies us, we've either gotten in the flesh, or we're going to be brought down, or we've missed it. It's all about glorifying Jesus. And I tell you what, I never told anybody that day except her. I probably told my wife after it was over with. I was shaking in my boots, my shoes. You see, Jesus gave me the word. He manifested that gift of knowledge telling me what is true to encourage and help her and to glorify Jesus. It was never about me. It was never about my spirituality. It was never about how close I am to God. It was always about Jesus and always about the need. That's the Holy Spirit that works within you. And I'm telling you, God wants you to, you and I, to reach a world that is hurting. That is hurting so bad in relationships, in their finances, in, in, in their spirituality. God is wanting you and I to reach a world. And when the person of Jesus Christ, the person of the Holy Spirit, 
is living in us and we become acutely aware of his presence, he will use you to manifest a gift to glorify Jesus and always to help someone. It will never be about you. It will never be about your spirituality. It will always be about Jesus and the need of the person. I don't know about you, but I want to win the world. I'm tired of seeing my world hurt, broken. I'm tired of seeing the division. I'm tired of seeing all the things that are going on in my world. I never thought I would live in a time like this. I'll be honest, I never thought that I would live. And Jesus is speaking to the church. I've given you the presence, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit that if you will be acutely aware of Him, He will begin to manifest Himself through you to glorify Jesus and to reach a hurting people that have needs in their life. I want us to be that church today. I want us to be that church that when people come that if God chooses for me to read their mail that I will never expose their mail. Never expose their mail. But I will allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me. To manifest Himself through me so that it be open to the gospel message. To what God wants to do in their heart. That they receive Christ. And it changes their life forever. Because of what He's doing. God wants to use you. I'm so excited for Justin. Sorry, first day back on the job. First day back here. I love Justin Griffin. Man, what a field. What a field he's going into. Coaching high school football. Teaching in the middle school or high school, wherever he's going to be teaching at. What a field of hurting people. And the Holy Spirit is saying, Justin, my purpose for you is that while you're here, I've placed you here. I look at Gillis and what an opportunity that God has given Gillis to work in the school system. I look at Hannah. She's a nurse and so many hurting people there. And the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, I've purposed this for you. I want you to become aware of my Holy Spirit within you because I want you to become so aware that all of a sudden I placed you where you're at so I can manifest a gift through you. To glorify Jesus in my life. To glorify Jesus through you. And so you can help someone that has a need. And the amazing thing is that God has put every one of you in those places. Can we become aware? Would you stand? I know this is the shortest message. has become the longest message on paper. Please hear my heart today. Hear the heart of the Holy Spirit today. Hear the heart of God today. God wants you to fulfill your purpose. And God wants you to be used in the kingdom of God to make a difference in a hurting, dying world. And so God may choose 
at any given moment to manifest one of the gifts through you. It's not that, oh, I've got the gift of healing. I'm going to go heal somebody today. No. Oh, God, let me be aware of your presence. Let me be aware of what you're working at. Let me be aware of what you're doing. Because, God, if I become aware of your spirit and what you're doing in, 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 in our culture, in our life, in our world, if I become aware of your presence, then I can join up with you and allow you to work through me to meet a need and to glorify Jesus. And isn't that what it's all about? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here. God, there may be someone that's not a believer today. I pray, God, that they'll truly begin to understand what you did. Jesus said you came to this earth to die for our sins, to be the sacrifice. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So you shed your blood on the cross so that we could be forgiven. God, and if there's one that doesn't know you, would you draw them? Would you let the Spirit become awakened in them? Draw them? Help them to receive you as their Lord and Savior. And God, for the rest of us that have accepted you, God, today would you make us aware? Make us acutely aware of your Holy Spirit working in our lives so that, God, we can glorify you in everything. That the Spirit can glorify you, Jesus, in everything that he does through us. And, Lord, that the needs of the world will be met. I want people to know you, Jesus. So help me. Help us as a community to begin to become aware of your presence. I ask it in your name, Jesus. Morgan's going to lead us in a worship. And I want us to kind of dim the lights, Matt, overhead lights. I want us to take just a moment. Let's worship. And while we're worshiping, would you ask, would you ask Jesus, would you ask him, Lord, would you awaken in me? Would you awaken in me the gift of the Holy Spirit so the world may become different than what it is today? Lord, would you awaken that in me? Would you awaken him in me today? Would you pray that prayer as we're worshiping? This altar is open if you'd like to come and pray. If you don't know Christ, I invite you to come. Ask Jesus into your heart. Become full of faith today. Sing it, Morgan. Thanks for listening to the St. Mary's Church podcast. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today or have more questions about following Jesus, we have pastors who want to talk with you. Connect with us at stmaryschurch.net or through social media on Facebook or Instagram. We can't wait to hear what Jesus is doing in you.